white cinematic. This is off white cinematic. Yo, you got to have it. Cinematic. Yo, this is off white cinematic. Yo, you got to have it. Cinematic. This is off white cinematic. Yo, you got to have it. Cinematic. This is off white cinematic. Yo, you got to have it. I'm on the counterattack with the feedback. I just do it like this and like that. Over the ACDC frequency. Whatever type of telepathy you can catch me on, I'm on that spectrum. That's how I just bring it from every direction. North, south, east, west. North, north, east, north by northwest. That's how I'm just bringing the classic cinematic. When I just bring the dramatic. When I just do these escape tactics to bring it from every terrain, every environment, every type of Earth's climate, longitude to latitude. Just bring the gratitude, like the Beastie Boys from the late 90s. How we do it like an oil refinery. Cause I'm fracking, just macking, just stacking these chips. When I double dip, what? I'm just freaking it all over the rivers, lakes, mountains, and streams. When I just do it, it's like a killing machine. When I just intervene from the blue to the green in other words represent the planetary just bring it from the elementary down to the secondary ha ha just laugh in your face when i do it i just misplace displace every sort of element on the periodic table that's how i keep it unstable just here to live it like silver sable sidekick just doing all this type of nonsense when i just freak it from intercontinents intercontinental residential mac like Lincoln, Continental, or Town Car, whatever type of person you are, whatever type of type of desires you just aspire to accomplish. That's how we just putting it down on this bomb-ish. One, two on the sequential. Just bring it from the commercial to the residential. Yo, I do it like I'm just flying solo, like presidential. What's up, everyone? Yours truly, Off White here. Welcome to Off White Cinematic. Season 1, Episode 4 And today we're going to have a lot of fun Because we'll be talking about the most notorious street artist of all time Banksy So let me turn the music down And we'll get started So first of all um, I don't condone vandalism in any way, but I did grow up around graffiti culture. I have family in New York City, in Elmhurst, Queens, and in Long Island, so I visited NYC very frequently in the 1980s, the 1990s, and the 2000s. So I understand the culture. And you are currently looking at Five Points NYC in this photo. Uh, I spent a lot of time around spray can artists. They are some of the happiest and most easygoing people I've ever known. And I think it's worth uh, describing the meaning of the word bombing in this conversation. So in the graffiti world, the word bombing does not mean anything correlated to violence. What it means is to paint on a surface illegally. So when referring to graffiti, if you're saying to bomb something or to hit something, 
to bomb or to hit means to paint on a surface illegally. If you need a primer on graffiti culture, I recommend Style Wars, uh, originally broadcast as a PBS documentary in the 1980s. And this is my copy. So Banksy is a street artist from England. He's very sarcastic. He uses humor and wit. He likes to make his audience laugh and smile. Of course, he's very daring. He's known for hitting very high-profile targets, such as museums. He's critical of hypercapitalism. He's anti-authoritarian. His themes include income inequality and human rights. Regarding Banksy's identity, there has been a lot of speculation. There are a lot of news articles out there. I don't really want to discuss all of that because his real name doesn't really matter. He is Banksy, and that's what matters. Today we will cover three aspects of Banksy, his Wall and Peace book from 2005, his barely legal show from Los Angeles in 2006, and his Untouchables piece in Chicago in 2010. Wall and Peace was first published in 2005. My edition here was published in 2006. Banksy is the credited author of this book, which has a beautifully written foreword where he closely aligns himself with graffiti writers. I purchased my copy on a trip to London in 2008 with my girlfriend at the time. We stayed in an area called Shoreditch, which is a very cool, very hip area with a lot of street art. And it's an area where he hit uh, illegally a lot. Uh, there are two Banksy pieces in the beer garden of the classic London nightclub Cargo, which are the photos you're looking at here. And I purchased this book at the Black Rat Press, which is also part of Black Rat Projects. And I like this book because it showcases Banksy's earlier work from London and Hackney. And also this book includes Banksy's work from the West Bank. In April 2010, Banksy released his film, Exit Through the Gift Shop. It opens with a montage celebrating illegal graffiti. In the film, they detail the Los Angeles show. The Barely Legal show happened in September 2006, and it was Banksy's first major U.S. exhibition. I was living in L.A. at the time. I had moved to L.A. in 2005. Uh, one thing that I had noticed in the weeks leading up to the show was there were advertisements on the buses for the television show Heroes. And I had noticed that someone had tampered with those advertisements, those signs on the buses, and changed the lettering to say the word hoes, H-O-E-S, instead of heroes. And it really struck me at the time because I remember doing a double take um, and making sure that the word was in fact spelled H-O-E-S, and it was, and this uh, advertisement was on multiple buses. So I personally do believe that that was Banksy um, doing that um, at the time uh, leading up to the Barely Legal show. 
Um, I don't know if that's, um, if that's factual. This was also during the time when Banksy had hit uh, Disneyland. He had put a blow-up doll of a Guantanamo Bay prisoner at Disneyland, which itself only lasted a few hours, but it was an incident that made worldwide headlines. So Barely Legal was Banksy's first major U.S. exhibition. The show was located east of downtown L.A. near the Greyhound bus station and the American Apparel Factory. It was entirely free. There were A-list celebrities in attendance, including Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, who did buy some works that day. Uh, I arrived early. Uh, There wasn't even a line. At the time uh, of the show, I was living uh, 10 blocks away. So I was able to get word of it and go there very quickly. It was a very relaxed atmosphere at the time that I went, and I'm so glad that I got to get there early. So the photos you're seeing here are from my time there, and as you can see, um, it's not very crowded, but eventually, the line was down the block. Uh, It ended up being thousands and thousands of people coming through. So again, I'm very thankful I got to get there early for this show. So the last piece we're going to talk about today is Banksy's Untouchables piece from Chicago. The Untouchables is a 1987 Hollywood film directed by Brian De Palma. It's a gangster film. The story revolves around Elliot Ness trying to put Al Capone away during the era of prohibition in Chicago. There is a scene near the end of the movie set at Chicago's Union Station, and that is the scene uh, which Banksy's piece is referring to. So this piece first appeared in 2010. The photos of mine are are from November 2010. And I'm glad I was able to get these photos because the piece is gone now. And when it first appeared, everyone said, oh, it's an untouchable reference, which is true. But if you look at it more closely, I think that you'll see there's actually more symbolism there. Uh, The carriage scene is a shootout scene It's actually the most violent scene in the movie. So the scene begins 
when Elliot Ness is standing on a stairway with a shotgun, and he's awaiting the arrival of Al Capone's bookkeeper, who is going to be catching a train at Union Station, and is going to be walking through the doors at any time. Meanwhile, a single mother is pulling her carriage with her son in it up the stairs below Elliot Ness, and she's also got her luggage. So after watching this ordeal for a while, and after waiting, the tension builds, and eventually Elliot Ness goes down to help the single mother, and as he's bringing the carriage up and the luggage up, they finally get to the top of the stairs, and in walks the bookkeeper with several other mobsters. Elliot Ness recognizes one of the mobsters, shoots him with the shotgun, and drops the carriage. The carriage starts rolling down the stairs, and the rest of the scene plays out in slow motion. And it's a very bloody scene. There's a lot of gunshots, there's a lot of blood, several people die in this, um, in this one sequence. And that is the reference that Banksy's piece is making here. I think if you look closely, it's actually a commentary on the violence in Chicago. So to round out today's discussion, I'd like to read from a little bit of war, uh, wall and peace, pardon me. They exist without permission. They are hated, hunted, and persecuted. They live in quiet desperation amongst the filth. And yet, they are capable of bringing entire civilizations to their knees. If you are dirty, insignificant, and unloved, then rats are the ultimate role model. 